I fell into a ring of fire. I fell in. Hello and welcome to Fever FM. Tonight we're a bit short-handed on the pod, but who cares? Six points in the bank. Hello, Dave. Hello, Dale. How are we? Hello, hello. Hey, Frosty. I'm good, thank you as well. Thanks for answering, mate. I appreciate it. How are you, Frosty? I am top of the top of the mountain at the moment. Thanks for asking. Should we just talk about us for a while? <laughs> I don't have anything to say, so that would be a short pod. Uh, See you boys next week. Yeah, good. Awesome. Six points. Thanks a lot. See you later. Um, no, let's talk. Uh, let's start with the men's game. Um, the uh, team was all but unchanged. Um, unfortunately, a balked uh, Oscar Zawada being replaced by David Ball. Do we know uh, how long Zawada is out and what, what he's done to himself? I didn't see anything official, but uh, I saw he got a groin. And I think uh, Philip Roller, I think, had a story said he reckoned two to three weeks. I don't know if that was any, I mean, I must have some intel, but I haven't seen anything from the Phoenix directly. Yeah. And even any intel you have on something like that could be, could be no good, right? Like they'll say two or three weeks, even if they think it's four or five, you're always going to take the optimistic approach, right? And keep opponents guessing. So yep. fingers crossed it is something short like that. Yeah. Yeah. Groin injuries can be a bit nigglesome at the best of times. Um, hopefully it's just a minor tweak and they're just uh, being, um, protective of them. Um, so that team is Paulson, Kelly, Heald, Wooten, Sermon, Payne, Altay, Rufa, Pennington, Cryev, Barbarusis, and the aforementioned David Ball. Um, interesting to see Tim Payne starting after all the minutes he clocked up for the All Whites. I think it was a full 90 in the first game, or maybe and 80 something in the other game. Oh, it's the other way around. That's a lot of minutes, and then asking him to start. I mean, I know we don't really have a right back but that's a tough ask right yeah i i honestly didn't expect to see him start i thought we might not even see him play so um to see him start and not only start but actually play really really well um i I would have said that unless you knew better you wouldn't have probably picked that he had um all those minutes and legs but as it was he had a great game and yeah i mean it'll do wonders for his fitness being able to back up like that but fingers crossed he's uh resting a bit this week yeah i I think he deserves a very long sit down that that uh, run he made right towards the end and stretched for that uh, shot in the six-yard box. I honestly thought he wasn't going to get up from that. He looked ruined. Well, there's still another 10 minutes to go, I think, in that game. So, uh, yeah, and I think he looked – I think what was even more impressive is that I think lots of the um, Melbourne City's play was going down that left side through um, Bayich. So he was having to get up and down a lot and uh, most of the attack was coming down that left-hand side. So it's not like he had a, you know, a fairly easy run at it. No, no, certainly they, they started moving that side. They, uh, look, felt like they were targeting Kelly Hield early on and when they realised he was sitting back, they kind of switched around a little bit. Um, this was a very interesting game for mine. I mean, I was very worried when I saw No Oscar Zavada because, you know, that's a lot of firepower we're missing. And David Ball is not renowned for his goal scoring. But it seemed like the rest of the team lifted up. We saw what I thought was probably Costa Barbarossa's best game in, in for the Knicks. 
in my memory. Yeah, I think he had um, a couple of good chances in that first half um, and, and made a couple of you know good breaks and behind a couple of good intercepts that led to some good chances. Um, likewise, I thought, you know, Nozawara, I thought this would be a bit tricky, but I think, yeah, maybe in some ways it gave us a, a different couple of points of attack um, that we don't normally have. And maybe in like the totality of the game, I thought perhaps this was our, maybe our best performance of the of the season so far. Maybe our well, almost, almost, you know, most complete, like we've, restricted them they had lots of shots but like lots of them were blocked which kind of means we were kind of getting in fairly good defensive shape we were really protecting our you know 18 yard box and so they were relying on you know shooting from slightly further out or or maybe more rush chances because we're so so solid at the back and and getting lots of blocks in and and apart from you know the penalty which was probably more unfortunate than anything and that very late you know header um we restricted them pretty much to not much else outside of that yeah actually that's a pretty fair assessment i thought that defensively we were reasonably strong but um we saw some different approaches to attack i mean right at the very beginning we saw pennington look to play the ball over and he he, uh got ball in a great spot yeah it wasn't that first minute I, i was it the first minute yeah, it was. Yeah, it was yeah. about thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. It just, I, I, I must admit, it kind of it was great to see that happen, and then it was kind of like, oh no, is this going to be one of David Ball's days where just nothing happens for him? <laughs> um, mm. he, you know, he does have those games. Yeah, it was a bit of a tough. Um, like if you watch the front on angle, it, the t- the ball takes quite a a right right uh, spin on it after it lands, and so while he it bounces sort of like in front of the goal, it kind of takes a quite sharp turn away from goal and so I think the sort of probably leads to the slightly tame shot as is you know much difficult to wrap a, a left foot shot you know that's going the ball's dribbling away from goal and it is sort of going straight down towards the target so um but yeah it kind of set this set the standard for quite a few fairly decent chances in that first half I think yeah I, I thought that um it, it was interesting that we saw both um Cryev and Costa dropping back and getting slightly deeper in that midfield uh, and then effectively getting the ball unopposed at times. Um, no one's sweating on them. Do you think that that was just a good read of uh, the way that City set up or was just this just a new tactic? Might be a bit of both. I, I mean, you know, there's obviously had no Zawada there, so some people are going to have to play different roles. I mean, he, he does like to drop in and do a bit of work, but also having that big target man there usually is creating a bit of space for other people to work around, and you didn't have that. You know, David Ball up front is not a big target. You can just try and, you know, put it on his noggin. So you are going to have to have some different movement there, but I also wonder if it might have been a bit from City in terms of do they think those guys are the same attacking threat as Zawada? Probably not. So they might have been willing to let us have the ball in some of those areas. Um, whereas if Zawada was on the field, maybe they would have approached that a little differently. Because I think you, you both hinted at it and I agree. I think you see Zawada's out injured and you think, shit, where are the goals coming from? And I, I said it before the game. I said, you know, the rest of the crew, you know, Kryev, Ball, Costa can probably find one between them. But I honestly thought you needed at least two to win this game. I thought one goal might, might get you a draw if you're lucky. But... City are a good side who normally come away with some goals in games. Um, so I didn't think you were going to be able to get away with a 1-0 here. And yeah, maybe maybe City were thinking the same. You know, we'll let them have the ball in those sorts of areas and play for our luck at the other end. 
Well, yeah, you bring an interesting point about the city. I mean, this is not the city of old. I mean, they are scoring goals, but they're leaking a fair few. I mean, they've leaked a coach already this season. Um, uh, did you think that this is a team that just was lacking confidence? Did that play out? You know, did that kind of play out the way you thought it would? Yeah, I think that they're missing a couple of players. You know, Leckie's injured, Naboo's injured. And I think without those two, um, it, it changes their dynamic of their attack, right? And, and that kind of means, like, you know, if you can kind of keep uh, Jamie McLaren pretty quiet, then, you know, it's it's slightly, uh, uh, yeah, a more blunted blunted attack. And, and we did that, like, Jamie McLaren had 16 touches all game. Oof. Um, and that's not a lot. Um, and, and, you know, he didn't really look like I can't remember apart from the, the penalty, obviously the penalty. I don't think I remember having a shot other than that, at least not one and that was in the general direction of the goal. So I think, you know, that, that aspect is, is certainly challenging for them. And as you say, I think they've got a couple of injuries at the back as well. I mean I'm sure they'll come right, but they're definitely lacking some some key players at the moment. But I think Naboo's out for the season. I think Lecky might be back soonish but yeah they definitely don't seem the same team of, of old they would have somehow found a, a goal in this game i think you know if this was the season or, or the season before that yeah it's interesting that a team that, you know that's got bayich curtis good and Supreyan across the back is is struggling goal wise uh, i mean defensively wise, uh, those those guys are pretty reasonable players they're not not screwing around i mean i realize Supreyan's got 34 years under the belt but He's not a slug. Um, they've got um, they brought in um, uh, young and behind in, in between the uh, sticks. It seems a bit of a measure to to bring some solidity there. But Jesus, he played well. I mean, uh, we had a fair amount of opportunities and good opportunities, and uh, if not took the opportunities, uh, you know, may forced them into saves. And he doesn't look. Like he's, you know, he look, he's a big lad and he's a getting older for a keeper. And I want to say this with respect, especially with keepers in the room. He got up and saved a bunch with athletic saves. I mean, did it feel like to you guys that he kept them in the game? Maybe, maybe a little bit. I think, I think if you go back a few years, you wouldn't say Jamie Young was a particularly good keeper. He certainly has had a few seasons where he's been a bit dicey, but I think realistically, Anyone who becomes a good ugly keeper, keeper goes through that period, right? Some of the some of the ones who you kind of laugh at one season are actually the, the most solid a few seasons later, right? But I think I think Young's one of those ones. I think he makes the the saves you expect him to make well. And I, I would have said, you know, he's he's for a big guy, he's pretty athletic and he got around pretty well. But I think most of these were fairly savable. It wasn't it wasn't like he was pulling out absolute screamers, but he was making the saves you expect him to make quite solidly, I would have said. You know, even if you look at that one of Costa where um, it's quite long range and he's kind of out of position, you always expect the keeper to kind of get back to that the way Costa hits it. It's not it's not a huge amount of power he hits it with. It's got a bit of curve always coming back towards the keeper, but you still got to get there and make the save. And Young was doing that. You know, he was getting about well and he was making the saves he should be making which is probably in and of itself enough of a measure to say he had a great game, right? And and probably did keep them in it. Because if you're leaking those ones you should be saving, that's where you can lose a game you should win. Yeah, it definitely looked when he was backpedaling that he wasn't the most mobile keeper, but his ability to get hands to it, is, once he gets a hand to it, he doesn't let it through, that's for sure. 
there there was one opportunity that uh, kind of fell for um uh melbourne city um pretty reasonable free kick alex paulson just uh tipping over i was kind of interested that he went left-handed on that because it looked like it was kind of a high right hand rather than a left really awful trying to describe this over an audio um medium i think you, you always coach that to go with the right hand but he's in such a good position he can reach that comfortably with either hand and it's it's not an issue it's not it's not like he's diving full stretch which is where you really need that extra extra reach like he's comfortably in position to get rid of this but it's a great free kick i mean shit that's that's gone in top in it's um, mm. yeah it's a great strike but Paulson does well to be there and, and make the save pretty comfortably in the end. It seems to be a feature of his game. He, he's able to read shots quite well and get into good positions early. Um, obviously, uh, Dale was kind of led to the penalty, but which we'll get to a bit later. But it seems like his, I, I, I genuinely can't tell you if it's his footwork or he's just really good at reading. Uh, what do you think his secret is? You guys are in the arts uh, i think on this particular one i think um it, the free kick is just so far out that he's got the ability to adjust as as, as to. i think um you, you have seen keepers um for one of the would cheat to go to the back post for as a an anticipation of a you know a deep cross or something like that but he's kind of um and get caught out that way but he's he sort of you know maintained where yeah, I guess where he thinks he should be, and and yes, you know, as Dave said, I think it was it was a fairly comfortable comfortable save in the end. And I think maybe if the free kick was five five meters closer or something like that, it might have been a bit more more challenging. But he looked to have it like covered, yeah, with relative ease. I think. Yeah, I don't I don't think you could have hit that any better in terms of the free kick, but that extra distance just gives you all that extra reaction time, right? Mm. I think that's yeah. You take a bit of that reaction time away, and it gets more interesting. Well, that's kind of what happened uh, with the uh, next goal. Uh, it was just basically getting uh, a nice little ball through from um, was it Alte? Yeah, it was through to Dave, through to David Ball, who has been quite unselfish and cross uh, and centered that ball. Nice little tap in for Cribe. He's not going to miss those. Um, this was just tidy play. I mean, nothing Jamie Young could have done there. No, it was it was very well done, um, and I guess that kind of this is the kind of the, the the David ball of a couple of seasons ago, breaking in behind and like he, I think he, he's got quite a few assists from that kind of square ball to sort of unmark someone um, when he, he could, you know, full well have had a shot himself and I don't think anyone would have blamed him, but he did the very um, selfless thing of, of squaring a slightly tricky ball to, to sort of get in between a defender and a goalkeeper uh, for the tap in. So this is kind of, something he used to do a couple of seasons ago and, and it's good to see him get back back yeah doing it hopefully he, he does it a few more times mm, the, it seems to be like the highlight reel is him just outside the post roughly on the six yard pulling it back or you know a nice square ball as you say that it's it's typical him um did you ever think that we were going to get out of this game winning at one nil i mean dave you've already said you didn't think we were, you know, doing it. Dale, you kind of haven't chimed in. Yeah, I think before the penalty, there was a maybe a five to ten minute patch where they started to push forward a little bit more and and had a bit more of 
the flow of the game. It just felt like it was a bit down our end. We were scrambling a little bit more. And I think there was that that save that Kelly held and held and um, Paulson made together to clear that one off the line as well, which I forgot to mention earlier. So there was a couple of signs of them having a bit more of the more of the game. Yeah, I, I didn't expect us to keep a, a clean sheet just because I know you know all it takes is a Jeremy McLaren to have one free touch, you know, seven yards out from goal and it's and it's all over. So you always have that in the back of the mind that, that he doesn't need many chances because when he does, he's he's can be pretty clinical, except maybe from the penalty spot. Um, yeah, that's a fairly good point actually. Um, that that little snafu that almost happened with uh, Kelly Hill clearing off the line. What went wrong there? It seemed like there wasn't a whole lot of communication. The ball just kind of dropped and everyone just kind of looked at each other for a split second and it got poked. Yeah, and I think I think the kind of first clearance off the line is a little unluckier that he basically kind of clears it into Paulson a little bit, who's just reacting at very close range and almost punches it back over his own line. And so it has to be cleared a second time. It's... um. You know, I, I, th- I think they do incredibly well in the end. I mean, that's such a tight space that Kelly Heald's working in. To not have let that go across the line is fantastic work. Mm. But yeah, I I, I think the, the space they're working in there is so tight. I don't know that even communicating better would have necessarily stopped that playing out the way it did. I think, yeah, in the end, you need a bit of luck to go your way and you need to have the technical ability. And, and they had both of those on, yeah perfectly in that moment because it just had to be reactions yeah i was relatively impressed with kelly hill there i mean he's he's got very very long levers and it's normally a massive disadvantage in those close quarters at you know at speed he he seemed very calm about the whole in fact he seems like a quite unflappable guy his expressions are pretty much oh yeah it's just it's just a day in the office sort of thing um what are your guys um thoughts on him now that we've seen him play you know, a good few games. Yeah, I, th- I think he benefited from most of the play going down the other side in this game. You know, I think if if he had, you know, Lecky or Naboo running at him, it might be quite a different story. Um, yeah, I think we have seen him kind of switch off at moments in in, the, in few previous games. Felt like, you know, he had a pretty solid, pretty solid game, but I, I, I can't recall much going down that, down that side. So I think maybe, you know, he'll get a bit of confidence from having a pretty solid game, even if he wasn't, you know, significantly tested in that game. Um, and, you know, their clearance off the line will, will probably help as well. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with, with Sutton, who's, you know, still, I guess, making his way back from, from injury, whether Kelly Held is, is seen to be the number one, at, well, you know, the first choice, and it's up to Sutton to, to you know, take his opportunity when he gets it, or whether, you know, Sutton's deemed the, the default left back or not. Yeah, I think we've seen some some really good qualities from him. I think um, there's some just phenomenally good touches to control the ball and stuff, but he, you know, you can tell he's still green, that there's still, still some rough edges and a bit of nervousness to his game that it'll be interesting to see how he continues to develop. Cause I think, yeah, there are definitely moments there where you can see he has some really good technical ability. They haven't just gone, he's tall. We'll chuck him in at center back that actually there's some, some decent quality footballing skill there um that they've obviously gone you know what we'll push him out wide and see if we can get a bit more out of him there uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how he develops because he's still he's still very young um uh, the experience at this level is going to do him do him some good but i also think there'll be 
um, you know, some mistakes and some, you know, some some stuff ups he's going to have to learn from, right? It's um, it's there are going to be days where you're going to have a leck in and a boo running at you, and you're going to learn some lessons the the harder way. Um, but yeah, I think he, I think he looks like he's a fantastic talent. Hmm. Uh, do, is it almost like a bit of a free hit with with no Sutton there? Is this kind of the fact that he's been given the start? It's kind of like I'm assuming the message to him is like, don't worry about it. You go out and do you. You don't have to worry about you know you're not competing. You know he's not competing for a place. He's just given a free hit almost. It, it, that's kind of how it feels to me. But I, th- I think in some ways it's you kind of be thrown in the deep end, right? Like ideally, what would happen is you, you know you blood these people. Time, you know certain minutes at a time right he'd be, he'd be coming on for 10 minutes and then 20 minutes and then you know but he hasn't had that luxury he's, he's kind of gone straight in there without you know much of a, a lead in you know a couple of uh pre-season games against a link opposition a couple of you know australian cup games like it's not a big you know platform to go from so um i don't know if he's i, I can't imagine if he's one that said he got a free pass but um He's kind of had to learn quite quite quickly, and um, I think there's some signs that he, he's doing that. Um, I guess it's it's hit for him. It's about how how consistent he can be throughout the course of a game, because you know if we're not going to score many goals um, up the front, um, we need to be, you know, consistently um, sound at the back. Not long after that, uh, we saw the um, first lot of subs going on um, twenty minute, roughly twenty minutes ago. Uh, Ben Old coming on for Alte and Sutton for Kelly Heald. The things that I kind of noted about that was, first of all, Sutton, no leg strapping. That's got to be a good sign, right? I'll take a word for it. I did not notice the intricacies uh, of his, his knees. No. No, I, no, I, made, a, I made a point of looking because the, the last time I saw it, it was heavily strapped. And I think maybe the, la- the last game he played, we only played a couple of minutes. It wasn't. But good to see that. But also an interesting t- um, change with uh, bringing off Altea, a very defensive midfielder, and bringing Ben Old on when you're one nil up, not and uh, you know not trying to shore up the defence. Does that speak to um, maybe Ben Old's uh, growing status? But the fact that he's coming off an injury. Do you mean his growing status as an Aucklander, or well, obviously. <laughs> If, if if you're gonna troll um, hometown boy, you've got to give him a run, right? Well, I, glorious email by whoever did that re-signing. By the way, that was midfielder Auckland midfielder re-signs is a great troll. No, I was just thinking, you know, it, it, when you're up one nil, it's a tight game. You're bringing on a more attacking option. That that probably speaks more to that he's he's a quality player. We want him on the field rather than we're trying to shore up our defence. Oh, I, th- I think what you saw is uh, former Auckland go- uh, golfer Ben Old move slightly forward and be um, and Pennington to sit in next to to Rufer, I think is what happened, if I recall correctly. So I, I think you know I think Old is is a you know, a slightly different player. You know he tends to he's yeah he likes to run at players a bit more a bit more um, quicker off the mark. So you know I guess as the game perhaps got a bit stretched. You'd kind of see the logic and having someone in that midfield who who could try benefit from the extra space in midfield um, and, and look a little bit more on the counter as as you know the game was getting a bit more towards our our end of the goal. Yep, oh, I think that's probably fair. Um, 
<laughs> very shortly after this, um, an unfortunate coming together with uh, Borizhar Kraev and was it Saki Saka um, in the penalty box. Um, this was an interesting call, I think. Uh, Dale, is this one of your, if it's called the VAR won't uh, overturn it either way kind of calls? No, I think I think this is pretty clear penalty. I think if you look at the front angle, like and there's there's no um, there's no deliberateness from Cryev. He he's trying to recover. He's running a straight line towards basically where the penalty spot is, and as the Melbourne City player sort of moves just in front of him as he's coming, and I don't think he's done it deliberately. I think he's just trying to work the angle for a shot when the ball's coming across. So it's just a a slightly unfortunate where the attacker has kind of moved into his running path just as he's arriving to the same spot. So um, if there's no foul there, I think you know they, they probably have a pretty good um, chance of a shot. Um, so um, yeah, I don't have too many too many concerns with that at all. What about you, Dave? I mean, get, getting to what you're asking there, though, Frosty. I think I think if this isn't given on the field, I don't think VAR involves themselves to give it. I I think the contact looks. Pretty 50-50 for mine. Um, I think once it was given, there wasn't going to be enough there to overturn it, that's for sure. But I'm not convinced if it wasn't given on the field that VAR would find themselves getting involved here. It just, there's no no clear error there for mine if that's not given. Um, I think think watching some of it on slow-mo, the the angles aren't great, but it looks to me a little like the player's almost slipping or going down before the contact's even made. I don't think he's looking for it at all, but I do think the way he's moved, he almost collides and he's he's falling when the tangle of leg actually happens. Um, But yeah, it's it's unlucky at best um, for everyone. You know, it just, it is what it is. Those, those positions neither of them are playing to try and make contact with the other player and they make contact with each other well what wasn't unlucky thanks for the the nice lead in there dave uh was uh alex paulson's work in the save he looked like he knew exactly where um jamie mclaren was putting this um it was a savable height but it was hit with a bit of pace so that's two from two now he where he's picked it gone and and got good hands to it. Admittedly, off the post as well, but still a save, right? H- how did you guys see it? Yeah, and those saves go with, uh, was it the two or three he had in a Australian Cup game a couple of seasons ago? So he's definitely got a bit of a reputation. Like, I'd be, I, he might have conceded a couple in a pre-season with Australian Cup last year or maybe the year before. I can't quite remember. So he's definitely on the, you know, getting more than his fair share of, of saves in that situation. So, as you say, definitely a, a saveable height. Um, but um, as we're led to believe, you know, they do their homework on on, on strikers and penalty takers about where they think they're going to go. And, yeah, he, he went the right way. And, unfortunately, it was at a, a spot where he could save it. It wasn't like he got, like, fully across. Like, it wasn't going to go inside the – just inside the post or anything like that. So – um, but yeah, to push it onto the bar, and then obviously the, the rebound was blasted over somewhat fortunately. Maybe I don't know if it's if I should read into this too much, but like the reaction to it, like this year to those kind of things, seems to be so much more than perhaps it would have been in previous years. I don't know, like whether Tele's a bit more kind of right, 
done it's moved on or whether chief is kind of encouraging some of the you know the not necessarily showmanship but the kind of appreciation side of it seems to be a lot more this year or maybe i'm just have a bit of recency bias or maybe it's just when one of the younger more junior members of the team is performing so well everyone's just wrapped that he's doing this well you know whereas ollie sale maybe it would be a little more expected being a little more experienced yeah, and I think one thing worth mentioning there as well, I mean, you, you rightly note the the follow-up was kind of blasted over a bit, fortunately, but it was fantastic to see not only him make the save, but he was he was up and ready to make another save. I think, you know, he was never going to be the favourite to save the follow-up either, if, if that's laced into the roof of the net or whatever, he's getting nowhere near it. But it's not like he made this save into the post and then was, you know, slow to get up. He's, he's up and he's ready to save the rebound too. It just shows that kind of hunger he has but also you know the fact he's young and can bounce back up to the up to his feet and be ready that quickly but it's good to see that he's not he's not only thinking about that penalty he's he's onto it for the follow-up too it seems to be something that is a becoming a bit of a mark of his game i think that he is his game awareness i guess like with the the penalty he saved previously where they went to take a quick corner and he's pushing people off to try and point them in the right direction yeah 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 it's a good point dave yep um, we saw another substitute, uh, another uh, member of the academy coming on, uh, Finn Conchie getting on the uh, getting on the field uh, finally for a, few, a good few minutes, uh, with David Ball going off, um, and not long after the um, opportunity for Tim Payne after Ben Old <laughs> put that that very teasing cross ball through. Um, there was a, a Dale you mentioned before that the game seemed to go a little more Melbourne City's way towards the end. Was that us pulling back or, I mean, it felt very topsy-turvy, but it looked like we were very much running backwards with a lot of vigour to get behind the ball. Is that the way you guys saw it? Um, yeah, I, th- I think naturally when it's, there's a, a close-ish game that, you know, the, the team that's losing tends to, be a bit more adventurous right and maybe puts an extra person forward or someone doesn't track back so i think naturally there's always a bit of a, a, a tilt towards the well the, you know winning team's goal it tends to happen quite a bit so I, I don't know if it if it was us holding back i mean certainly maybe the i don't think our our changes were particularly um defensive until we got to conchie on for david ball you know that's a defensive midfielder for an attacker so then i think we went sort of four was four five four one or something like that didn't we i think mm. um so i think maybe that last 10 minutes we we sort of put another body in that midfield which you know i don't think's completely um bad it's as long as as when we do break you know it's when we do win the ball we aren't just kind of heaving it back to halfway and starting again like i think we saw like tele tended to do i think this time here we, we were when we did win the ball we were trying to look for an outlet and and you know um as you say old had a chance there and um costa had a couple of chances had a chance at the end as well where we were pushing still pushing players forward so it's not like we just yeah we had a, another body in there but i don't think we by any stretch parked the bus and and, and played in our own half for that last 10 minutes or anything yeah there there was a couple of opportunities that um uh fell to melbourne city uh, uh paulson made a save off a header I think, and um, there was another shot as well, if I recall. Um, 
did it feel comfortable ish in defence, or was this kind of um, fingernails and sitting on the edge of your seat? I mean, I think across the ninety minutes, it felt it felt pretty comfortable. Always, always those last few minutes, there's gonna be a bit of bit of scrambling, bit of extra, you know, passion in those dying moments, right? That that add to the tension. But I think I think overall, if you were to watch this objectively, it was it was fairly comfortable. Um, I think, you know, you're watching it live and you're a fan of one of the two teams. It probably didn't feel that way. But I think, yeah, they they had some chances there, but they weren't they weren't guilty of chances. It was it was you know fairly standard stuff and and more scrambling than anything both both defensively and attacking was that your read too dale uh, i think maybe some of the bigger chances fell to us i think you know we had obviously the goal tim Payne's at the end and then costa had that one where he kind of broke and he had a free he kind of slipped as he was trying to trying to shoot um that was in the first half so you know, we had three pretty good chances to score they had you know a penalty which in some ways not really like a a penalty that was on the basis of it was going to be a goal or something like that so it was not like a like a hugely earned penalty and that kind of melee at the back where Paulson and Kelly Hill so they probably had two so maybe it kind of you know a slim a slim victory was perhaps fairish but I think if they snuck a you know snuck a you know equalizer I don't think I'd be too could be too gutted about that I think it was a pretty close game and we maybe slightly edged it yeah, given the opposition, I think yeah, that's not a bad position to be in. Yeah, so that closed out one nil. Another three points uh, in the bag. That uh, leaves the Knicks uh, sitting pretty decently up at uh, second, it's equal points with uh, Wanderers, but uh, three goals down on goal difference. Um, I, I read somewhere that they were saying that. This is the first time we'd gotten eight points in the first eight games, let alone 11 in five. Um, don't quote me on that. I, I'm remembering reading an, an article somewhere. This is a pretty solid start without ever feeling like we've gotten out of second gear. Yeah, I think Piney was saying that the quickest we've got to 11 points was eight games and we've done it in five. So, um, How was that? It? So, yeah, we were notoriously slow starters um but yeah it it was pretty tight up there you know we're only two points above the sixth so um still pretty tight i guess in the back of my mind kind of like attacking wise we're kind of taking more chances than we should like we're kind of outperforming our xg and defensively we're conceding less than theoretically what we should so my my back of my mind i'm like at some point those those kind of will converge at some time and now somewhat fortuitous victories or results that we've had might slowly drift away so i'm not trying to get too too carried away because i feel like there's a sort of equalization going to happen at some point um this season but yeah i mean you'd start the season if you said beaten after five games um you'd take that even if you said three wins and two losses you'd probably take that mm. so you have to go unbeaten i mean there's still f- there's three other teams that are still unbeaten this season so it's been a bit of a kind of lots of draws going around at the moment yeah, and just to just to counter Dale's pessimism slightly, I think as well we've always been a strong finishing team, and I, I always wonder how much of that is due to kind of when the Wellington summer arrives and when people start getting <laughs> out and getting to games. Because to be honest, we all know 
there isn't that much good knowledge of the football in Wellington, right? And it takes a, it takes a while for people to kind of even realise the season's kicked off and, and all that kind of stuff. Suddenly it's Christmas, people are away. And it's not really till you hit that kind of mid-January period where people start following who aren't the the hardcores, right? And so I think I think we still have that potential for once summer arrives in Wellington, you know, mid-January onwards, for us to be in a good position with maybe some good crowds behind it to, to cheer us home. Because I, I do often think that that might be the big factor behind why we often do better in that second half than we do in the first is, is that, you know, that 12th man. Um, and so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether or not that effect still exists this year or whether this is going to be, you know, a bit of an aberration in a, in a new coach who, who starts strong and either peters away or just maintains that. And yeah. It'll be be very interesting to see. Yep, it, it definitely will. Um, but certainly having the points in the bank um, early doors is uh, it's a preferable place to be in. Um, on to the women's uh, game today. Oh, sorry, talking about today uh, playing Perth, um, who are also doing uh, pretty well at the moment. I think they were uh, second uh, with the next third before the game started. Um, Mostly unchanged lineup. Unfortunately, Macy Fraser out with injury. Uh, sorry, not injury, illness. Um, I think taking her out of the um, football ferns as well, unfortunately. I wonder if I can say unfortunately a bit more. Um, Manaira Elliott also in for Emma Main. Um, Elliot made a bloody nuisance of herself that uh, pretty much the whole game. Didn't mind um, sticking the boot in a couple of times. I thought she was going to get in trouble with the ref because there was some challenges that the ref didn't seem to like. Um, is this just kind of her remit? Just make a nuisance of yourself, see if you can get the ball back, chance your arm? I mean, I don't know that that's a, a role they will have specifically tasked her with, but I do I do think it's probably a thing across the team. There's a little bit of that, you know, that they, they need to fight for possession, you know, they need to win the ball. Um, I think Texas teams do like to set up that way, not to not to say they go out there to be combative, but they do like to play, you know, strong in the challenge. And I think I think that's probably a thing across across the board, to be honest. Yeah, certainly they were almost taking that Perth team by uh, unawares that first twenty minutes. I thought that they were all all over them, really making Perth sweat every time they got the ball. Um, pushing very high up the pitch to try and win the ball back. Um, you say that this is a, a Temps thing, Dave. Um, is this a kind of a consistent thing with Temps or is it just kind of particular teams that he thinks have got the legs for it? I mean, I, I, I don't know that I could speak to that in detail, but I, I do know that it just it seems to be a trend in terms of particularly winning that ball back from the 50-50s. He likes, he likes his team to go in tough. You know, you see some teams who are willing to kind of pull out of that, aren't, aren't wanting to go in and challenge for the ball. Um, I would say he sets his players up to, you know, particularly in that midfield, win that ball back. You know, you can't win the game without the ball. Um, so you need to get it at some point. And, you know, those those challenges, if you're going to go for them, go in strong. Dale, what did you think of those first 20? Yeah, strong. Strong opening yeah, I think uh, probably speak my had a good chance in that first half, cutting in from the left and and shooting low. I think the keeper sort of palmed it away for the for a corner. But yeah, we seemed to yeah start well for the first twenty minutes, and then obviously kind of gift wrapped uh, the early goal for them. Really, after that, yeah, I I I I felt 
like that first 20 minutes they were all on top and then because they were on top and then conceded like the air just got sucked out of them maybe the next 10 15 minutes they just they didn't feel on top it almost felt like they were kind of coasting their way to half time not that they weren't trying but just they just that i don't know mental fortitude i think they got rattled a bit i think is is what it was you could yep. see you know a few after that a few more passes getting misplaced a bit of um frustration wags kind of that kind of stuff sort of creep into it so yeah it definitely felt like they sort of lost their com- composure there for you know maybe for the rest of that half but it, the second half was was you know a completely different story than the end of the first half it's interesting you mention getting rattled i i noted again that van der Meer tried to dribble her way out of trouble as kind of the last player in the line and almost got caught again um is that down to just being rattled or is that just she's a she's an adventurous very adventurous for a center back yeah if it's specific to her but um i you know if we look at the previous seasons right we it was a thing we were critical of previously is when they conceded one they often conceded two or three you know they had they would play a fantastic 80 minutes and lose a game on a bad 10 you know and i think that's probably something that they need to keep working on i mean obviously this season's going a lot better than previous you know there's some some better uh some better you know players on the field and and we're playing better football but there obviously does seem to still be a little bit of that head drop when we concede particularly in this sort of situation where we were on top and suddenly the air's kind of sucked out of it a bit and we we need to find a way to get around that you know every every football team can suffer from this but i think it's a thing we've consistently seen in those previous seasons and you've got a lot of those same players there still so there seems to be a little bit of that mentality still there of, of heads dropping when a goal goes in. Mm. Well, I mean, in fairness, it was it was a pretty well-taken goal. I think it was even a bit of a deflection as well as the defenders came in. It looked like Riley Foster had it covered and it just came off, uh, I, was it Davidson's knee? Um, does, does that affect your mental resilience as well when you see three players scrambling for the ball feels like they've got it under control or at least shutting the player down and then you just get that unlucky deflection does that add to the to that rattledness i, I think probably the the gift in the past in the first place was was probably the thing you know trying to cross field ball and getting easily cut out i think that's probably more more frustrating i think after that i think barry tried to close it down and then i think vandermeer didn't really cover the the other attacker and it was after that it was a bit of a scramble and as you say the it was quite a neat turn from the striker. I've forgotten her name, but it was kind of a coif turn to get facing goal, and then she was kind of slipping and and got a toe on it. And as you say, I think it had Davidson's covering leg to to push it around. Foster, so in some ways a little bit unlucky, but um, yeah, pretty pretty bad pass in, in the f- first instant. Hmm. Yeah, that that definitely wasn't um, to plan. Um, that uh, we did see. Um, the when they did get into that final third they do look very direct um and i'm i i like it and also i i i wonder if that makes is something that makes it a little easier to defend when you know that players are going to run at you rather than try and pass around you and run at you uh it's something that i mean we heard the commentators kind of talking about marina speckmeyer 
how direct she is, how willing to, she is to shoot. But we also saw that from Manaya Elliott um, from a fair bit of, I think she did a couple of times from way out. Um, is that something that makes it a little easier to defend against or is it just that that aggressive nature that de- will put defenders, you know, on the back foot? I think it's, it's quite hard to sum up our, sum up our attack, I think. Hey, like Speak My kind of is quite industrious, you know, gets your body in the way and, and does a lot of running and, and and looks quite a tidy tidy player. But other than that, it's like, it, it's hard to see where we, we're not really passing round teams, if that's what I mean. Like mm. our goal was, was, a pre, was a press that got the ball high up and we kind of, you know, it was a, it was a transitional moment. The other, the other goal was, you know, a corner that came out and we, we put it back into the box. So you could kind of say that's somewhat of a, you know, set play, uh, you know, set play goal. Um, but we never really, don't really seem to be the kind of team that can, you know, un- unpick back lines with, by a couple of short passes. Um, and then maybe that's the kind of element that we're kind of missing a wee bit. And, and maybe, yeah, Fraser's um, not, not playing was perhaps part of that. But still a lot of our goals have been this season somewhat, dead ball situations rather than us sort of unpicking unpicking back lines. Um, yep. So, yeah, and, and maybe there'll be harder teams to, you know, better teams like, you know, Melbourne said it'd be harder to break down because that's what you need to do. So, um, yeah, there are a few, I guess, limitations within our attacking unit, I think, at the moment. We saw the goal, the goal you mentioned um, where Manaya Elliott's just gotten up and won that ball nice and high up the pitch. And uh, I think she pinged in, was it to flee maybe and then Breslin just unmarked um with that defense I think the their their right back I don't know where she was halfway up the field I think by this stage um way out of position um but a nice tidy finish by uh Breslin to make the most of that space and time yeah it's a a goal I think she probably needed like she's had a couple of chances I think she'd won in that first half where she sort of dragged her shot wide I think and then I think the one that stands out for me I guess that Western United at Jerry Collins Stadium where she was kind of unmarked at the back post had all the time in the world and like heaved it over the crossbar by <laughs> quite a few meters so it's good to see her, her get a first one and hopefully um you know gives maybe her a bit more confidence or um to to have a few more chances at goal because she's kind of been probing but hasn't quite had the finish finish projects um, finished in product um so hopefully yeah more of that uh, to come yeah temps was quoted in uh, an article basically saying that he, he thought it might have been coming for her just because she was training training the house down over the week even you know after recovering from the massive shiner she got that's got to put you put you uh training back a bit that was a hell of an eye that she had yeah, well, if you think back to last week, we were we were talking about how she surely wouldn't be playing because she'd be out with concussion. So, I mean, obviously, obviously the doctors have checked her over and and you know deemed that there isn't a concussion there. But I mean, yeah, that was a a solid hit she'd taken, and yeah, I'm yeah, it's a hell of a way to bounce back, I guess, is to not only play but have a have a very good game and score a goal. She was quite chipper about it too. Actually, she was uh, quoted as saying basically. It was great, you know, she could open her eye and see now, despite the fact that she's got a massive black <laughs> eye. She seemed quite happy that just seeing was enough. Um, 
Yeah, I, I thought if you've ever had a black eye like that, you can sympathise with that feeling. Oh, I, I can't say I have, to be honest. Uh, try not to get hit that hard. Um, but yeah, jeepers, that was a it was a tidy wee effort. Then um, you mentioned the dead ball, Dale. Uh, another corner comes in, only half cleared. Um, was it uh, who got the first header? Was it Speckmeyer? Uh, it was, I think, Barry hoisted it back in. It went to someone who flicked it on, then to Speckmeyer, who put it onto the crossbar, and then so it was a bit of a head, bit of head tennis, really. Mm. Well, I mean, crossbar. Speckmeyer got a hell of a good head on it, though. I mean, that really hit the crossbar. Yeah, and I think um, underrated part of this is is actually I think Chloe Knott's finish because she's kind of under the ball, and I think those ones where you you're kind of jumping mm. vertically rather than into the ball are actually quite difficult because they're, they're quite hard to get over without. You know, it's quite easy to to jump too early and completely miss your miss your um, miss your header. So um, a very tidy um, and well deserved goal because she covered probably you know Tim Payne's fourteen thousand kilometres. I think uh, on that pitch, she was just everywhere in that game. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was a very tough header. That ball was coming out off that post, uh, off the crossbar at pace. Not a lot of time to react or get up and get a good head on it but she did um very tidy we finish yeah it, it's um she for someone that i i thought at the beginning of the season might be a bit of a an extra player rather than a, a a starter she's certainly kind of taking her opportunities i mean not the flashiest player on the field but real worker horse just getting around the field as you say yeah i think well with wisniewski out you know puts her into a sort of a group of four fighting for three three spots, I think, isn't it really? Um, so you expect people to have injuries or suspensions across the course of the season, so having that depth in that area is quite helpful. But um, yeah, she's yeah had an, had an excellent game. I think just yeah, just someone who you know just not the flash flashiest player, but just does you know the role that she needs to do and does it well. She, you know, she knows her her game and doesn't try to do too much. You know, she's not trying to ping 30-yard shots or anything like that. You know, that's not her, doesn't seem to be her game. So she knows what to, what, what, what bits to do and what not to. Uh, the longer this game wore on, what was your feeling that, that, that we basically, despite the, the close score, that they, the Knicks had it under control? Or was this a bit of squeaky bum at the end? Uh not, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really think of many chances they had. Like they had in that second half, they had one very long range effort from 30, 35 yards that Foster tipped over with, with relative ease. But other than that, they didn't have much. I think I think the telling part of this game is just how invisible Grace Jarley was, I think, mm. uh, which just goes to show, I think, how well we marked her out of the game um, and how much more um, consistently sound we are at the back. You know they they didn't have too many, you know clear cut chances, and you know it would be nice to put a, another goal to give us a bit of breathing space. But it didn't feel like they were banging at the door at any point in that second half. No, no, I mean no, and I think as well you you look at you look at the goal they got, and it, it came directly from a mistake from us. You know they weren't they weren't exactly creating much, as you say. Jale was invisible for most of the game. Um, I think I think it showed how kind of under control we did have it, even though any of these games, you know, when there's only one goal in it, you know one moment could take it away from you. I think I think, yeah, again, if you look at this objectively, 
we uh, we probably controlled this pretty well and we didn't give up many chances. It was only going to be a mistake from us, really, or one moment of brilliance from them, and they hadn't they hadn't shown much of that. Yep, yep, that is always my my worry when I watch um, next teams play when it's only one goal in it. Um, one thing that did concern me was uh, Riley Foster. That leg strapping seems to get bigger and bigger. Is this concern for you guys, or is it just like this? Is just one of those things of being a, a goalkeeper at times. You carry a niggle. I mean, I'm I'm concerned about how much attention you're paying to how strapped <laughs> every player on the field is. That's that's my concern. Oh, I'm here for the the analysis, are you, Dave. Are you moonlighting as a physio? Well, you're doing some kind of quantity surveying on tape levels. Or something. Insurance assessor, mate. <laughs> yeah, but she she. She has seemed to have gone down injured, and in I think in every game, I think this season, like something different as well. So, um, and you yeah. know, maybe her body's still trying to, you know, recover from from obviously her accident, but also just not being as um, in a you know, professional environment for you know a couple of years. I think uh, maybe her body's trying to say, give her a tell her to ease off, but uh, you know, even if she she was out, you know, I think. Yeah, we could have really made replacement on the bench, so I don't think there'd be too much, too many concerns if if she did have to spend a, a, a side, um, some time on the sideline. Mm. Yeah, that's valid. Um, it's just more one of those things you just don't don't want, especially when she's, as you say, coming back off such a layoff. Um, to just get those niggling injuries that t- you know just eat away at you. Um, she will get a bit of a break um, with the uh, international break coming up um so that'll be how long is it is it just a week just one game yeah yeah so still gives her a bit of a uh, off uh, off time to um uh get some recovery in um macy fraser as mentioned before missing out on the football ferns with illness it's a bit of a blow for someone that's kind of come on with a hiss and a roar isn't it yeah you'd be pretty gutted i'd say yeah, I've got quite a contingent going over to or are in Colombia at the moment. Um, so I'm not sure what their flight is going to be like back, but I imagine they have to go via Chile, I'd say, and that'd be quite a quite a trek back um, for their game against, I think, I think it's Melbourne Victory the last and the week after that, which I think means that they would have played the top every all of the top six teams in the first seven weeks. So it definitely feels like we've been slightly stacked towards the top half of the this, this start of the season, which bodes well. You know, still we've got to play the two teams that haven't won a game yet. And um, so, yeah, so that kind of bodes well that if we can get that win against victory in two weeks' time, it really does give us a bit of a kick up, maybe a bit of a gap on the, on the you know, from the top three versus the rest. Yeah, with victory sitting uh, only two points behind and uh, in fourth to the Knicks' third, it might put a bit of a gap there too. So it definitely feels like a loaded game. Shame it had to happen um, after the international window, but such is life. Uh, the men's uh, playing Western United um, with Zawada being Schrodinger's striker, I guess, either in or out. We don't know. Um, what are your thoughts about the um, the men's game against Weston? Yeah, I think the question the question always is with Zawada out where where your goals are coming from. And I think you can um, 
you know, I, I think you look at the quality on the pitch and you can see that there's there's a few sometimes scorers in there, but they really need to step up and, and find their goals in the weeks he's unavailable, right? You know, these are the weeks you need your David Balls, your Criers and your Costas to step up and score their goals. Um, because you're not gonna you're not gonna come away with three points without a goal. So I think that'll be the big question. I think um as long as we can keep looking defensively sound as we have great that'll be fantastic but it's where are the goals coming from and if you know if one of those three guys steps up and has an absolute blinder then great you should probably win this game but if they all have off days you're really going to struggle up front and doesn't matter how solid you are at the back um western united sitting at the absolute foot of the table three points from five games this is the one that those guys really have to just step up and put the foot on the throat isn't it yep you'd hope so and like looking at their, their lineup, it's not the it's not the strongest. You know, like Jacob Tratt centre back. You know, he's not the best defender. There's a reason why he's play, played for about six clubs um, in a short span. Yeah, Amaya's not you know the most solid centre defender next to him. You know, I think they probably got you know Pena's like their most dangerous player. You know, as a place for Newcastle a couple of seasons ago. So if we can keep him relatively quiet, it's not a lot rest. Yeah, to them. Um, you know, they have a bit of pace and, and lucky Wales up front and Rikovitsa, but you know, I think we're seeing that you know, we we've managed to be pretty pretty solid at the back so far. So um yeah, I you'd you'd think, you know, based on the table, yeah, we should be reasonably confident going into this one even without Zawada, but um yeah, funny things have happened in the A League and in particular to the Phoenix. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm just looking at that point, uh, that goal difference. They've got negative eight already after five games, and four losses out of those five games. They only beat um, Melbourne City. Am I am I right? This game's not not in Melbourne either. This is out in Ballarat, I think, isn't it? Or am I misremembering that? Oh, I do not know. To be honest, I don't. I don't know that they'll have much of an impact on the game, but just a, a notable thing, you know, a bit of extra travel to tack on to the end of a. A trip? Yeah, um, Mars Stadium yeah. in Ballarat. Right. Good memory, Dave. Um, probably the same uh, home crowd turnout, to be quite frank. Um, so next to none. But still, something that you you've got to you've got to bank those three points. Surely, if you if you want to be serious about making top six, this is the game you you've got to bank, right? Yes, but we do have a history of blowing you know these kind of games. Shut up, Dale. Past, so uh, it always it's. it's buried in the back of my mind or perhaps more likely in the front of my mind me too but don't say it just are you you saying you think we played jacob trap back into form some kind of goal scoring form for jacob <laughs> yeah. well let's be honest he is a former knicks player that is one of the requirements indeed yep. yeah a couple of you know corners a couple of hitters something like that yeah i think it'd be uh unlikely to say the least but is as you say, Dale. You had to double down on it, Frosty. Why? Yeah. Why have you done this? Because it's Jacob Trap, mate. It's Jacob Trap. Um, yeah, I, I'm hoping that this is this is where we start actually kind of leaning into being in that top four. Um, I even after all this time, I still have hope. Um, and Cam isn't here to express <laughs> that hope, so I'm going to have to do it myself. I hate my silly boy. I hate myself for it. Don't worry. It's a next. It's a next thing, right? Um, 
with six points in the bank, is there anything we want to cover apart from that? Apart from six points is good. Three points from one game next week, and then we can have it have a happy chat about uh, how the season's all coming up Millhouse. What was the uh, what was the crowd number like in Auckland? Uh, it didn't it didn't look like much on the TV, but I actually haven't seen a number. I don't know to be honest. It's five thousand six hundred ish, which I think kind of summarises. I think some of the problem Auckland franchise FC is going to have playing out of Mount Smart. You know, I think for yeah. some reason. No, that's know, why I was interested. I think I said last week Auckland are too. Yeah, like it just seems a barrier that people just can't get past it if it's outside of, you know, the central, central suburbs that they're not going to go to it or it's tricky to get to or something yeah. like that despite driving everywhere in the cars all the time. So, yeah. Uh, but either way, yeah, as you say, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting one for them to deal with. They obviously will get a bit of a bump for the first few games, you'd imagine, for sure. I, I don't see any way you won't have hype for a brand new team. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how they manage to maintain that across the season. It's going to be um, yeah, an interesting one. And what it'll be like for us as away fans up there instead of home games in Auckland. Yeah, who knows? Uh, it seemed like there was a fairly reasonable turn. I mean, I know that there weren't too many Knicks fans going up from Wellington this year compared to previous years, but they certainly looked like there was a lot of black and yellow there. Like there's a lot of um, Auckland-based Knicks fans, so... I'm assuming that they stay with their colours nailed to the mast rather than jumping ship. Oh, two ship metaphors. I'm on fire. I need audible laughter. Come on. Time to go down with the ship? Yeah. It's feeling very much like that. <laughs> oh, you guys are just... All right, let's close the hatch on this one. Oh, nice. Some dad jokes. That's what I love. Um, let's close it out. Uh, so that uh, Nick's men's game is... The coming up on the biting my time, I believe it is Saturday. Yep, Saturday at seven thirty, uh, as Dave points out in Ballarat. Um, to our Ballarat fans, please go along and watch. Um, you'll probably outnumber the uh, the home fans. Um, thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about that game and. Uh, Hopefully it's another three points in the bank. Thanks for listening. Bye.